Let us pray. Gracious Father, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you that you, you are a God who breathes your breath on us. You have so breathed your breath on us that you have given us not just life here in this world, but new life in the Spirit through your Son, Jesus Christ. And how I pray now, we ask the Holy Spirit to come, to continue to be with us in our worship, to, to come and give us ears to hear, open hearts, that, that you would come do the work that you long to do in us in this moment. And we ask that through your grace, you would transform us more and more into the image of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So for his glory, we come submitting our lives. Amen. Well, you know, it's, it's very telling when you look at statistics, what they say about the well-being of Americans today. You know, only 46% of Americans would say that they're actually thriving in life. It's probably no surprise to you as it's no surprise to me that stress, depression, and anxiety are, are not just on the rise. They have, they have become, what, what one has said, the modern human condition, a part of most all of our lives today. And it's noted that workplace stress actually translates to the, the greatest increase of mental stress uh, and issues in the country today. One of the statistics said that 83% of U.S. workers suffer from work-related stress. 83%. 55% of Americans are stressed during the day. Now, when I sit back and I read those statistics, I realize this. There are a lot of factors that contribute to stress and anxiety and worry in our lives. But I would venture to say that the main factor, I would say, for probably all of our lives is this. It's an unbalanced life, an unbalanced way of living. You see, we go and we go and we go, and we take very little time to slow down, to rest, to be refreshed, and even for that matter, to reflect on the Lord. And so what we're going to do in this season of Lent, we began it last Sunday, and we're going to continue each Sunday during Lent, is we're going to be focusing on the fourth commandment that was just read a few minutes ago by Dustin. And we're going to look at what does it look like for us to be a people who keep the Sabbath day, who honor the Sabbath day, and actually keep it holy. And the theme of this series is cease striving, (laughs) I hope for some of you, those two words resonate. Maybe a longing in your heart, or maybe when you heard those words, cease striving, you kind of took a breath and you said, I long for that to be a part of my life. You know, one of the things that we find in Scripture is this, is that we were created by God to have a rhythm in our lives. Now, it's not like the rhythm that you and I typically live, this rhythm that we have adopted in our culture of work, 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 vacation, work, 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 vacation every now and then. You know, that's not the rhythm that we were created to have and live out of. Last Sunday, we looked at the very beginning of Genesis where we find that God created in the six days, and you know what he did on the seventh? He rested. 
And remember, the Hebrew word for rest here is Shabbat. And what it literally means is to cease, to stop. That that after God created on the six days, he literally stopped his work on the seventh day. Now, what this says to you and me as, as being created in God's image is this. We work like God works, and we also stop like God stops. This is to be the rhythm of our lives. We work, and then we stop, and we work, and then we stop. You see, the Sabbath day, 24 hours, one day of rest a week, is really part of our DNA. It's what we were created for. But the reality is this, so few of us really live out of that life that God has really instilled in us, that DNA. So what I hope you see this morning and each of the Sundays during Lent is this, an invitation, an invitation to begin to lean into the Sabbath, to not just, I would say, lean into the Sabbath, but begin to set aside truly 24 hours where you stop your work. We're going to look at in a few minutes more what that looks like. But I want to encourage you to begin to lean into that rhythm. So first, I want to say this about work, because I've mentioned that a number of times. We need to see work is good. We were created to work. God worked. You see, we were created to work in such a way that that actually brings honor and glory to God. And the reality is this. Our work was actually meant to be an act of worship. No, I don't think we think about that today, do we? We just get up and do our work, and we're ready for the weekend when we can just kind of push it aside. But the reality is this. While we were created to worship God through our work, and as good as work is, it's become distorted, hasn't it? And it's become distorted because of the fall. And it's not just become distorted, but it's become arduous. And we've assigned a meaning to work that it was never meant to have. Now, as I'm talking about work, I'm not just talking about those who work outside the home. This is true for those who work inside the home as well. You see, I think what we've done today in our culture is this, that we have attached an importance to work that it was never meant to have in our lives. And from it, we seek our value and our identity. And the result is this, and you'll know this as well as I do, it's striving, We strive to do more, to be better, and that striving exhausts us. That's why the statistics are so high with stress, worry, and anxiety and exhaustion in our culture today. But I want you to see this about the Sabbath. The key thing is this. The Sabbath helps us reorient our view of life, and it helps us not just put things back into perspective, but I believe it helps us put things back in its proper order. Listen again to the fourth commandment. We read this in Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, or your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. 
one of the things that you and I need to see in this commandment is this. The seventh day is a day for the Lord. We see that in verse 10. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So what does that mean? I believe it means this. It believes that God becomes the greater focus of our lives. And when God becomes the greater focus of our lives in this 24-hour period, it helps pull us out of our self-focused, self-centered, self-absorbed lives. Having one day a week set aside intentionally where we do that, we begin to reorient our hearts and our minds and our lives around the ways of the Lord. You see, on the Sabbath, we learn more and more what it means to be God-centered instead of me-centered. And what this rhythm of life actually does, it doesn't just make us a a God-centered people on the Sabbath on Sunday. We find that this rhythm gets carried in to all the in-between days, Monday through Saturday. And as we honor the Sabbath, we, we become a people where God is more at the center of our lives in all that we do. But I want you to see this. The Sabbath is not just an invitation to stop our work for a 24-hour period. I believe it's also an invitation to cease our striving, to cease from worry and anxiety, to cease from the need to accomplish and be productive. You see, it's ceasing from all of the ways that you and I try to provide for ourselves. Let me ask you a few questions. What do you require of yourself to feel that you've had a successful day? How would you answer that? Are there certain levels of accomplishment that you need to achieve to feel valuable and worthwhile? Are you someone who is driven to establish a certain status in society, a certain level in society? And so you're working to achieve that. What are you striving for? Are you striving to prove yourself? Are you striving in a relationship that you have? Are you striving in your work? Are you striving to try to please your parents? What are those expectations that you're seeking to meet? Are they your expectations or are they others' expectations? Friends, I want you to see this. As as the Sabbath is a day unto the Lord, what we find is this that we can truly stop our work, really stop that work, because God provides for our every need. You see, we need to see that this, this Sabbath day is a gift from the Lord, an invitation to see how God knows and how he supplies our every need. And that's the second thing I want us to see in this passage. Not only is the Sabbath a day unto the Lord, We are also to stop our work because we know that God takes care of us. There's a business in New York City. It's called B&H Photo. It's a company that I've ordered a lot of things from. It is is the largest uh, photo and video equipment store in the United States. Now, what's interesting about this company is this. It's run by Hasidic Jews, and they keep a Sabbath. And this store, which is on uh, 9th Avenue, closes its doors at 1 p.m. every Friday and then stays closed through Saturday. 
Now, on the other days, there's some eight, between eight and 9,000 people who go through those doors. Can you imagine the business that, that, that they lose being closed for a, for a 24-hour period? But they do. And even on Black Friday, they're closed. You can't even order something online from them during that period of time. You can look at their website, but they take no orders for that Sabbath. And what's interesting is this. One of the owners of the company said this when someone asked, how in the world could you stop and have, a, have one of the busiest shopping days, one Good Friday, but then you're closed most of Saturday every day of, you know, every week. How could you do that? And he responded in this way. He said, we respond to a higher authority. Think about that. These people learn what it meant to, to keep a Sabbath, to stop the work for a day. And as they did, they realized that they could ultimately trust God with their business and with everything that they had. Friends, that's the invitation for you and me. It's an invitation to turn to trust that God truly knows and cares for every part of our lives. I want to read a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8. It's verses 11 through 19. It's a section of Scripture. Now, if you've been with us the past number of months, we've been looking at the book of Exodus. And so this story picks up where the Israelites had wandered the 40 years in the wilderness, and they're about to go into the promised land. But Moses had some very telling words for them before they went in. So I want you to listen to what he wrote or what he said to them. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verses 11 to 19. Here's what we read. Moses said, Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as to this day. Now, that's a powerful passage, a powerful passage of, of Moses challenging the Israelites to remember who provided for them in the wilderness all those years and who was going to continue to provide for them when they went into the promised land. You see, I think where this becomes very real for you and me is this. In all our striving, we forget that it's God and God alone who provides for our every need. You know, this past week has been a testimony of that for me personally, and I would say for our whole staff at St. Andrews. 
having come in to see the flood on that Friday, the water pouring into the building going, what are we going to do? How are we going to continue worship? Where are we going to go? And all those questions, and, and I will tell you, stress got to me at different times. But as I came back to the Lord in prayer, I remembered that he provides. Friends, I got phone calls from so many pastors around this city saying, one, we're praying for y'all, but two, how can we help? Went to numerous churches that said, hey, we've got space in our gym or we've got space here that you can, you can come use until you're back in your building. I mean, I was blown away every day by the way that God showed how he was going to provide for us in these weeks and months ahead and to find that God truly has provided a new place for us to worship. Dustin will share about it in the announcements that will actually be next Sunday where we can gather again. But we need to be reminded, don't we, that God provides in that 24-hour period where we stop trying to produce and be as productive as we can, we are stopping and we are resting. We are ceasing our striving because we know that the Lord God provides for every need we have. So the invitation for you and me is this, (laughs) cease striving. Come and set aside a a 24-hour period in your week where you're reminded that God alone is God and Lord. He hasn't just provided for the tangible needs that you and I have. Friends, we need to see this. The greater provision is that God provided his son. He knew exactly what we need if we were going to really have life and have it to the full, as Jesus said in John's gospel. If we're going to really have that, we needed a greater provision. And God provided his son. And that through him, we actually find our rest. Because in him, we find that all of our striving can cease because he paid the full price for you and me. You see, when our hearts are at rest, living out of what Jesus has done for us, we can cease striving. Or as Tim Keller put it this way, if we can experience gospel rest in our hearts, if we can be free from the need to earn our salvation through our work, we will have a deep reservoir of refreshment that continually rejuvenates us restores our perspective, and renews our passion. You see, friends, on the Sabbath day is the incredible invitation to bathe, really bathe in the riches of the gospel, where we have a day that we can set all that other stuff aside and just swim in the riches of the grace that we've been given through Jesus. So here's the application I want you to think about as you walk away from here today. Set aside a day, typically it's Sunday, that's the day that we recognize as the Sabbath day. Set aside a day to stop your work, to rest, and to enjoy the Lord. Unplug from your emails. Set aside the reports that you've got to prepare. For those of you who are in school, set aside that work and trust that God will meet you when Monday comes. Moms, yeah, set aside your laundry Set aside those house chores. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy your spouse. Enjoy that time together. And I would say more importantly, enjoy the Lord. Rest and play and enjoy. What I hope you begin to see is this. 
is that the Sabbath is not just a day that we set aside, stop, rest, and enjoy, but that rhythm in our lives actually begins to change the way we wake up on Monday, changes the way we think about Wednesday, changes the way we engage in life on a Saturday. An incredible invitation for you and me that God gives us. Well, I actually thought about it earlier. It's not really an invitation. It's a command. But it's a command that is an incredible gift for you and me to lean into. So let me name the four principles as I wrap this up that I named last week from Pete Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Four principles to think about on the Sabbath. Stop. Stop your work. Rest, engage in what replenishes you and your family. Delight, delight in the gifts of the Lord, delight in in just enjoying the day. And the fourth principle is this, contemplate. Reflect on God's word, reflect on who he is and what he's done for you. So let me wrap all this up with this quote from Dan Allender. He wrote this on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. I love that. It's an invitation from God to enter delight. The Sabbath, when we experience God as as he intended it, becomes the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it's the best day of the week. Sabbath is that holy time where we feast and we play and we dance and we sing, we pray and we laugh. We tell stories, we read, we paint, we walk and watch creation in all its fullness. You know, few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. I hope that begins to whet your appetite to lean into this incredible gift of the Sabbath. So in the weeks ahead, I want to encourage you to begin to to step into that and see what that's like. If you missed the sermon, the beginning of this series last week, it's online. Go back and listen to it. It sets everything up for what we're going to be doing in this season of Lent. But I also want to encourage you to, to really use, take to heart the Lenten devotions that Jennifer Holstead wrote that go out every Monday. Lean into those, not just on Monday, but see how the Lord will speak to you through them each day of the week. There's a great treasure ahead for us. And by God's grace, may we lean into it and find that it is a greater delight than we ever imagined. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Lord, we love you that, that, that you would give us a gift such as the Sabbath. As I said last week, I have not been one who has leaned into this gift well, but I'm leaning into it and I'm finding that it is really more of a delight than I ever imagined. So may it be for all of us who are listening, come Holy Spirit, give us this desire to honor the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And may we grow in the riches of your grace every day of our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.